Hey there, hi there, ho there, ladies and gentlemen. It is me, your boy, Mr. Jimmy Riot here, and uh, I'm going to do things a little differently here um, for a little thing that we're calling the Pro Wrestling Magic Podcast, um, or Jimmy Riot Needs to Find a Better Title, or the Jimmy Riot Happy Hour Q&A Dealy. Anyway, you guys decide which one you guys like. Let me know uh, over on Twitter at uh, Wrestling Magic or Mr. Riot, M-R-R-I-Z-R-O-T. And uh, we'll figure it out as we go along. But uh, so for the pilot episode, I really wanted to try and grab somebody that I already knew really well. And I felt like everybody else should know a little bit better. Uh, that's uh, Mr. Shane Fair. So, um, yeah, we're going to we're going to shoot shoot the shit for a little bit and really just sort of hang out and give you guys a little peek about what spending an hour with us is sort of like. And, uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy it. So uh, we go for about 55 minutes and. uh yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I learned a few new things about my buddy, and uh, hopefully you guys find out a bunch of really cool stuff too. Um, so if you're enjoying it, let us know in the comments below or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we want to make this show as interactive as humanly possible. So yeah, let us know, man. Let me know who else you, you want to see on the show. Drop some questions for those people that you want to see. Or if the demand is high enough, I'll bring Shane back and we'll just do a Q&A with him from your questions. We're here to give you guys, our patrons, looking at you, Mikey, those people who are really the best among all of the people who show up to the shows. Uh, we want to give you guys exactly what you want. So, yeah, without further ado, uh, here is our intro music given to us by uh, the members of the band Number 23. It's a song called Stank. Um, and the best way to uh, get the stank out is to open up a window so you guys can hear the very first episode of the Pro Wrestling Magic Podcast. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's hit that intro music. right ladies and gentlemen it's your boy jimmy riot here on the pro wrestling magic podcast uh a show that i don't exactly have a name for yet and if you are one of those types of people that before they download something they read the description you already know who my guest is today but before before i tell you that if you haven't read it yet just remember that if you're here on patreon thank you so very very much looking at you mikey um and if you are on the higher levels not only do you get this but you get a lot of the video content that we're releasing as well. So if you're only on this level, you're only enjoying the audio content, I say thank you. But also, think about bumping that up because we have a lot more content on the way. Now, plugs out of the way. Let's get to the business of the day. And today, on the very first episode of the Pro Wrestling Magic Podcast, I could not be more happy and privileged. And honestly, I'm a little, little chub. 
because my boy, the Mr. White Glove treatment himself, the MC to end all MCs, Mr. Shane Fair is here on the podcast. Welcome, buddy. Oh, man. How am I going to live up to that? Chubb included, man. Wow. <laughs> Chubb so included, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being here on uh, what I'm considering the pilot episode of the Pro Wrestling Magic Podcast. Uh, whether it's Jimmy Riot's Happy Hour q and I do have my uh, customary Miller Lite because might as well in- enjoy the time. Um, but also I get to sit down and talk to my best buddy uh, in Pro Wrestling Magic. So uh, in these uncertain times that we have in front of us, um, I got to ask you first and foremost, how are you keeping your head on? Uh, luckily, a lot of a lot of little things like this to keep me busy. You know, uh, been doing a little bit of side work for um, wrestling magic, as it were. We're getting to sit down with you here today. Um, a little bit of video work here and there. You know, it's 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 keeping me just mildly satiated, satiated. But I, uh, my appetite for wrestling is not being fulfilled at this point by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean. Uh, I mean, God bless the people who are out there uh, continuing to put on uh, fresh content and stuff. And we hope to be doing that as well sometime in the near future. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, man. I mean, I every once in a while we'll sit down and record a podcast. Uh, luckily, I got to uh, rope you in uh, for, for today's episode. And uh, I just can't wait to get back out there, step in the ring, and get booed a little bit and get uncomfortably close to the monster. <laughs> um, because he just likes to get in my face. Anyway, anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Um, so for those who, and if you're here on Patreon, they probably already know. But for those who may be uh, new to not only Pro Wrestling Magic, but to you, um, let's talk about when did you first get into Pro Wrestling as a whole? Before we get on to the the the, the lovely suits, the ascots, the gloves, the 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 booming, powerful voice... Um, let's start way back in the day. Where did Shane Fair first fall in love with professional wrestling? Uh, my father, you know, we basically he's a school teacher. And um, on the weekend, he had this crazy side gig where he would um, do like security work for Ticketmaster. So um, every so often he'd get tickets, knowing that I was a fan. And I would, I'd watch superstars and like, you know, I... I really didn't have much exposure to like the, the marquee matchups because you know what superstars basically was, but like, you know, that for, you know, I don't want to, you know, demean anybody, but like that jobber versus semi-star kind of format, you know? So I wasn't seeing that uh, Saturday night's main event type match quality often. So my father would get us tickets. We'd go to Madison Square Garden and I would see the demolitions. I'd see the Mr. Perfects. The, uh, at the time, like early on, it was like SD, you know, uh, S.D. Jones and uh, Corporal Kirchner and uh, guys like that at the Garden. So um, at that point, it was weird, man. I mean, even even I guess you know, mid '80s. You know, I'm kind of old. Uh, this was kind of <laughs> you wear it. You wear it well, my friend. Oh, thank you. Oh, not not from the neck down, but uh, <laughs> I tell you, man, uh, like. You, you get made fun of flat out if you were a wrestling fan. Like, there was not much camaraderie among wrestling fans. It was like a closeted type thing that you did on the weekends. You know, uh, you know I'd get teased for my lunchbox or whatnot. But, like, for the most part, like, you had to keep it uh, closeted. Like, nerd culture wasn't really celebrated. You know, wrestling culture, I don't mean to throw that in. Nerd culture or, 
you know, say it, you know, kind of condescending or anything like that. But like, yeah, you, you could sit like, you know, a freak if you like wrestling. And I had no problem with that, you know, and uh, there wasn't much camaraderie. There was a couple of friends that, you know, they had their uh, wrestling buddies or uh, stuff like that. It was just faint little um, signs that there were other wrestling fans, but it, it, you couldn't celebrate it like you do today. Uh, and I was certainly, uh, you know, I was proud of it, but yeah, man, I, I definitely caught a lot of heat back then for it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And then uh, I, I'm sure that once 1996, 1997 rolled around, you felt that uh, that sort of like ease off of your shoulders a little bit when even, you know, the jocks would come in and they they would go from like, ah, oh, you stupid, you stupid kid just watching that wrestling crap to, oh, my God, you see what The Rock did last night? Like, holy shit, you know, like, that's unbelievable. Look, look at this, you know, like, and then you're like, yeah, I know. Rocky Maivia has been around for years and I love him already just because he's wearing fancy shirts doesn't mean that i don't know who this guy is yeah um, versace <laughs> yeah yeah i mean hey listen if you can afford it and if you can flaunt it and at the time he flaunted it um but yeah so you know back back from humble beginnings uh in the new york area i'm sure you caught a lot of shows at the time but let's fast forward slightly um to uh when you started hanging out uh on sort of like the uh east coast uh independency not when you started working but when you first started really like meeting wrestlers uh, that were here on the East Coast and some of the people that now work inside the kingdom, um, when did that all start? When did uh, the, the foot get slightly in the door for Shane Fair? You know, it was like, um, like a lot of us, I kind of uh, became disillusioned with the product, some of the, uh, the you know, uh, the mainstream product. And I needed something a little bit more like it was, uh, you know. Might have been the gateway drug. Now I needed something a little bit harder, you know, like, <laughs> you know, such like that. Like uh, ECW certainly, you know, um, gave me everything I was looking for as a wrestling fan. But in, in around that time when ECW um, was big, they started coming to um, Staten Island, a place called Sports Fest on um, Staten Island on Mill Road, which was the uh, scene of an infamous riot uh, between Bam Bam Bigelow and the Dudley Boys that later on would happen. But by doing that, they kind of like broke the cork. And I realized that there was like a, a subculture that I really wasn't aware of in, in the indies. And, um, you know, I, certain things I'd see alluded to in a pro wrestling illustrated that I didn't really know that I could experience for myself. Like this, uh, kind of, um, like, I, I hate using a term, like almost like boutique. It was like something like that was like, uh, you know, like, it was like a niche or, you know, <laughs> Yeah, so so you sort of started to discover the the more niche aspect of professional wrestling, where whether that be the uh, independent scene or even uh, were, were you a like hardcore wrestling guy, or did that just sort of come with the ECW territory? That kind of came with the um, the ECW territory. I remember like getting like PWI uh, like early on, like you know maybe when I was like seven or eight, and you would see like Abdullah the Butcher and like a Crimson Mask and. And you would wonder, where the hell is this taking place? I, you know, I would watch NWA on uh, Saturday mornings and such like that. And it, it wasn't going on there. It wasn't going on in WWF. It was like, where is this taking place? So I, I, I was aware that there was, you know, a different, um, a different set that I was not, um, not really familiar with. So, so when ECW would hit these certain venues, I realized that, uh, you know, the next week there would be USA Pro Wrestling would be at the same uh, like uh, venue with the uh, Sports Fest. 
So upon seeing USA Pro Wrestling, then I started to get into a little bit more into the indies. And, uh, you know, I saw that it was more like I, I, my impression of the indies initially was, oh, these are the guys that couldn't make it. And now they've fallen down to this level. I, I was like very ignorant about it. And then once I saw that, uh, you know, th this is where a lot of the up and coming talent was coming from. This is where, you know, that those names you'd see on one, well, I hate to say PWI again, but like that PWI 500 that you didn't know these names they're, they're therein lie those names. You would see those names at these independent shows. So it kind of like uh, filled in part of the mystery for me. And I, you know, really became, uh, you know, intrigued by it, I think is the word. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I totally agree. Uh, it was, uh, I went to a show in my town uh, at the high school, uh, Jerry Lawler showed up. I think Jake the Snake was there. Um, and it, it was like one of the first independent wrestling shows that I had ever gone to. And there was sort of that feeling, though, with some of the undercard sort of guys where you would go, oh, these are the guys who couldn't make it. Not these were the guys who didn't get the chance yet. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. You, um, if you... No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, right down the block from me, there's a place called Farrell High School, right? And in, uh, I believe it was 1988. I've checked this on cagematch.net before. I believe it was uh, in April of 1988. Went down to a show there. It was like Junkyard Dog, Nikolai Volkov. And then Steve Lombardi took on this guy, right? And the music hit. This guy came running out like a bullet. None of us had ever heard him. Heard of him. It was like uh, that night was like Paul Roma. A lot of the uh, WWF guys. No one... Quite knew who this guy was. He came jettisoned to the ring, shaking the ropes. The people in the crowd were actually saying to each other, does this kid go to the high school? Is this is this a joke? Like, they thought that, and of course, that man was Ultimate Warrior. So, wow. First came up from being Dingo Warrior. This is the first time, like, uh, he was on, like, a test run. And they, they of course, trustfully, uh, they had him working Steve Lombardi. Because what better way to, uh, you know, report back to Connecticut? What kind of... Uh, talent they had and uh we were amazed nobody had ever seen that kind of energy nobody uh had heard of this guy and, we, and that was the consensus that this was a joke this guy went to the high school and i can't believe the size of him because he was he, he was very young at the time so i guess you know compared to the guys we were seeing that night that's why everybody thought that but that was another thing that really uh got me into uh you know like you you didn't need to be in an arena to feel the same excitement level as you could in a high school gym. That was like the first time I realized that, like, you know, you didn't need to be surrounded with the thousands of people. You could just be with a few hundred and still have that experience. So. Yeah, that's, and that's something that uh, I've noticed, especially since uh, first walking into the kingdom uh, is seeing that, like how a, a lot of these acts that will come out and I'll just, I'll take smiley, for example, the current pro wrestling magic world champion. Uh, pro wrestling magic champion uh, when he comes out and he's running around and he's high-fiving kids and uh, just being smiley you forget that you're in a room that really can only hold a couple hundred people you really feel like you're at like you know like in a big arena or like when pinky sanchez comes out you feel like you're in you know like you're in giant stadium and you feel like you're at a Bon Jovi concert or, you know, like a, an ACDC concert or something where, like, it's just this stadium atmosphere that some of these acts bring, some of these talents really bring. And um, it wasn't until, you know, first seeing that independent scene and really sort of um, taking the time to sort of open my mind to different avenues of professional wrestling 
that it became a little bit more clear that this art form that we love so much uh, is really bigger and more colorful than than even I knew at the time or probably still know to this day. For sure, for sure. You know, the pageantry, the, you know, the uh, the pomp and circumstance of it, you know, the, now as we get older, like the just going through the ritual of getting in the car and taking that drive and no one's on the other end of it, you know, it's just, it's everything about it just so, you know, if as if it wasn't intriguing enough by itself, just everything that's attached to it, just, it, it just exemplifies all that it just it, it really is it, you can't describe to people like uh like what it means for your soul and for your uh you know just your overall well-being for god's sakes like you know is attached to wrestling you know and you can't you can't describe it to people you know yeah and i i i forget who it was maybe you might know but uh somebody once described it somebody in the world of wrestling described it as uh if you don't get it almost immediately there's a good chance that you probably never will that's and, great and it's and it's so very true that there are certain things that i just love so much about professional wrestling that it's it's impossible to describe to somebody who thinks it's dumb or thinks that it's you know lowbrow and yeah it's lowbrow but that's kind of what we like it for it's sort of like Sometimes the worse something is to the general population, the more people love, the more we love that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, there's plenty of things over the course of, let's take something from um, recently uh, in AEW, they just did the stadium stampede match. And if you showed that match to a non-wrestling fan, it would be like rough look after rough look after rough look. Oh. But for me, it was probably one of the greatest things I've ever seen on, on TV, on pay-per-view. Oh. Just because it's so ridiculous, like Matt Hardy changing into, you know, different forms of himself to uh, Hangman Page coming out on a horse. Like, I mean... <laughs> I'm sure. And, and then in, inside the kingdom, like, we've had um, matches that were, or, like, experiences, um, or... Pro, uh, when we started doing Monday Morning Magic, which we will get into in a moment. Um, but when we do Monday Morning Magic and whatnot, and we're just being sort of goofy, like the entire time we're doing stuff that's making us laugh. And to hear back that other wrestling fans are like, oh, that was so funny, but my girlfriend doesn't watch wrestling and she thought that it was silly. And it's just like, well, good, good. I'm glad that she thought we were silly and that sure. you really enjoyed it. Um, what recently has sort of come up for you, whether it be with us uh, at Pro Wrestling Magic uh, or like externally, that just really sort of tickled you and you knew that if a non-wrestling fan watched it, you would just you would have to do a lot of explaining. Oh, boy. So much. There's so much that happened. <laughs> Sorry for the loaded question there, Shane. It is. It is. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Trying to think, just just so much lunacy that happens, you know. Uh, even just something. Uh, there was a friend of mine that doesn't normally go to wrestling and was there uh, for a Gangrel appearance, right? And got blood on them, in front, quote unquote, blood from his chalice. And them complaining back to me about how upset they were about it happening, and like you know, you know, with everything going on, and you know, this was like you know. Uh, I think we had just heard tell of Corona maybe just briefly in like that early February stage. And, uh, you know, with that going on and, 
you know, with HIV, I, I, I can't, I don't think I can control myself if that ever happens to me again. So just like somebody else's reaction to, uh, you know, Gangrel, get, getting like a droplet of Gangrel's blood on them kind of uh, popped me, like it, just seeing how upset they were, which is, uh, you know, I guess Scheidenfreud in a way, but uh, I don't know. I, I was just kind of tickled by that, how, you know, if, it's like if that bothers you, then, oh, man. So I, I, again, I 100% agree. And having Gangrel in the kingdom is always a fantastic, fantastic thing. Uh, you can go on our YouTube page and uh, watch one of the shows that he, uh, two of the shows that he appeared for, actually. One in singles competition and one when he returned into the Chad Adams Memorial Rumble from right. earlier this year. Um, but moving swiftly along into something that's near and dear to both of our hearts. Monday morning magic. Oh, for sure. I have to just I have to just jump ahead before I forget again and just say the episode that you did with Monster was one of the most enjoyable things I've watched in a oh, long, God. long time. You were almost a silent film like level <laughs> fall in oh. and it was so funny like when you stuck your fingers in the water and you were like we could take a dip in the pool and it, it cuts back to monster just sort of like looking at you like a deer looks at an oncoming train and it was just absolutely fantastic just the level of uh comedy and stuff that that you've been able to bring to the table at monday morning magic has really for me at least made my job as sort of like the half-hearted straight man sort of like even easier because I know that if I'm too far up against the wall, uh, I know that you'll pull us out with, you know, the, the mayor of scumbag city question to <laughs> Don Tella. Oh, oh, that would, that was, that we had, we broke. I mean, I broke, I ruined the freaking interview. Uh, cause I just couldn't hold it together anymore. Like, no, right. Tella, Tella too, at one point was, in stitches um God. just because of like and that's that's something that like i don't think really maybe when uh you had your your very own show with gopro the uh the white glove special uh oh. and 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 we'll get into that as well we have plenty of time here i know i'm sort of all over the map but i just get so excited to talk to you shane oh, me too as always man yeah yeah but um so yeah when when you were doing um the newest uh the surprise episode as it's called of mm-hmm. monday morning magic um, it just, I remember saying to, uh, our director, Joey, uh, when I was looking over some of the things that you sent me or some of the stuff he was showing me that it was just like, my God, man, just like the level of just performance that you bring. Oh, thank it's, just, you. it's so much fun. It's so lighthearted. And then the way that, um, the performance that monster brought to the table, cause I don't want to forget about Bruno either. Bruno, uh, as somebody that's come along the Meadowlands monster to everybody, uh, if you don't know who he is, start doing a little bit of research because in a year or two, he may be on TV and he may not be in Richfield park, New Jersey anymore. So, uh, while we got him, you should enjoy him while you have him. But the work that you guys were able to do for that episode was absolutely fantastic. So take me through sort of like what that day was like for the two of you, who for it's a 37 minute episode and for about 25 minutes of it, it's all you guys just doing oh. your thing. And yeah, take me through that, that day a little bit and what that was sort of like uh, filming wise. 
Well, you know, I, I knew he was coming over, so I wanted to, like, have a barbecue, make a barbecue out of it. So shortly before he got here, I, I fired up the barbecue, and it burst into flames. I came outside, and it was it was a fireball. So oh, like, all right, maybe the barbecue is on a hold. But luckily, we had uh, paella and uh, Mexican street corn, elote. That was being uh, cooked inside. And then um, we still made a barbecue out of it. Beers, the whole nine. We had a good time. But, um, you know, we got right down to it. We still had a, you know, we made a barbecue into a day of filming, which, you know, we got what we needed to have done. And we had fun the entire time. And that's what it should be. Like, you know, when you and I, I, I roll one way together. The things you say and just like the, you know, why don't we do this? Why don't, like the little, like, you know, the brainstorming that we come up with was just like, uh, you know, it's it's awesome. We're just, a, it's just a great formula. I love, love being able to work with you. And like you said, you lean on me. That's, I'm 90% of the time, I'm fully leaning on you comedically and just like looking for your, you know, your cue. And we're both yes and the guys. If you know anything about improv comedy, which obviously I know you do, um, you know, that's, that's, you don't want to shut anybody down. You want, it's yes. And you want to, you know, take what they just brought to the table, comment on it, continue it, and then add something and send it back to them. So it's like you and I are just able to do that fluently. And it's like an unspoken language where we're able to kick things back and forth. And uh, it just winds up things like, uh, I remember one of the episodes of when I was shaking my head five at a time for a dime. It was like, I would not have thought of that. <laughs> The dumb path we take together it just led, leads you to these things that are like out of body comedic experiences that you would not have normally been able to conjure up yourself it's like you know it's from leaning on you or like working off what you you know throw back to me so it's you know that's why we're able to work i i don't i can't work with anybody like i do with you like i i I never want to go in front of a camera that's just rolling and go, go ahead, create with no outline. Like you and I will go in with just a little bit of outline, but you know, I would never be able to do that with, by myself. You're also, you have great recall for information. So it's like, not only are you comedic, you, you keep us on point And you know, so it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't do that without you. Like, you know, monster and I did it, but it was because I was playing off how angry he is and he's just naturally angry. So it wasn't, it wasn't very difficult. He can, he can get a little, he can get a little angry from time to time, but I, I, for, for me, at least when I get to work with, with monster and if, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen some of the work that, uh, Shane and I have done with the metal and monster, go and check out all the episodes of uh, Monday morning magic, because in the first, I sort of, I guess, sort of season of the show, everything that we filmed up to this point, Monster was a big focal point because not only is he just sort of like it's an act of convenience because, you know, he's there um, in like the training sessions with everybody and he's always, but he always makes himself available and he's always somebody who is just like with you, Shane, it's just sort of like you pitch something to him and he goes, oh, that's great. What if like I do this as well and like sort of play on how much taller I am or, or like uh, how mad I am that you made me come down here or whatever the case may be. Like with the, um, there was one time that um, the, the heart, one of the hardest times I've ever had like not laughing and blowing a take oh. is when he did the whole um, massage thing where he was like, I had to interview him, but he was coming in while he was on the phone with his massage parlor or whatever. It's a shiatsu massage thing. It's just sometimes you pick up on words and you pick up on like how when uh, you and I uh, are working together and when we had to sort of um, 
take the reins, so to speak, of uh, the Roaring Twenties, our very first full-length right. YouTube special that we got to do. Um, the brainchild of Joey Finnegan, obviously, he had that idea, and he just sort of put us in the driver's seat. Obviously, I was sitting on your lap in the driver's seat just because it's so comfy. Um, but, but when we got to filming all of that stuff, I mean, it only really took us... I mean, the, the show is about an hour and a half. It took us maybe like two two and a half hours to film that stuff and it was so very easy to work in some things because you hold on to a word or you hold on to a phrase or you hold on to a way somebody sort of moves when they when they act and or when they're answering something and that's the whole yes and thing that you were talking about is uh where you just sort of hold on to one thing and then you run with it Mm -hmm. um and uh speaking of running with it Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us over on Rogue Opinions right now or uh, wherever else this happens to get released, this is where we must say goodbye because this is, uh, this is the little taste you get here on the free feed. Uh, we're going to drop that right here. And uh, Shane, I'm going to make sure to give all your plugs. I'm going to record something else that's going to be at the end of this part. Um, but for those who are on Patreon, don't go anywhere because right now what we're going to do is... We're going to go and we're going to talk about some more lovely, lovely times with Shane Fair. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That was a free preview of the brand new Patreon exclusive podcast for Pro Wrestling Magic. The Pro Wrestling Magic podcast or whatever else we're going to call it in the meantime, uh, where I'm going to be taking a deep dive uh, and talking to the guys and girls that I know from inside the walls of the pro wrestling magic kingdom uh it's gonna be fun it's gonna be uh more and more interesting as time goes on uh i can't wait to do some of the other episodes that we have planned um also don't forget some of my uh beautiful a-team associates will be joining us here and there depending on what i can pull them in for um as as often as i can get them really uh, just because you guys know how fun how much fun we have doing the things that we do over on rogue opinions and maybe we can bring a little bit of that over to pro wrestling magic and vice versa so if you enjoyed what you heard there in the first half an hour of the pro wrestling magic podcast please make sure to go over to patreon.com slash pro wrestling magic that's patreon.com forward slash pro wrestling magic we're also on twitter at wrestling magic and you can follow me over on Twitter, at Mr. Riot, that's M-R-R-I-0-T, because Counter-Strike was a thing when I was a kid. Thank you guys so much for listening to this free preview, and we hope to see you guys over on the Patreon, where we're going to have exclusive full-length shows, exclusive matches, exclusive interviews in podcast form, and hopefully video form once uh, I get a little bit better at doing this, to be honest with you. Um, So, yeah. Thank you guys so very much for listening, and we hope to see you over there behind the paywall where anything is possible inside the walls of the Pro Wrestling Magic Kingdom. Thank you. I would be remiss if I didn't make sure to tell you to follow Shane Fair across all social media platforms. Shane Karma on Twitter, S-H-A-N-E-K-A-R-M-A, and World's Fair Productions. Fair is just how you think it should be spelled. F-A-I-R. Productions. Same deal. And, um, yeah, it was a great pleasure to have him on. And if you want to hear the rest of the interview, go to that Patreon. Big thank you to all of my brothers over at Rogue Opinions. Nathan, Scott, Carl, uh, Anthony, Raul, everybody around there. Thank you guys so much for letting me drop this. And, uh, again, 
don't forget to listen later on in the week when we have the Maniac Unchained Steve off. Um, I know I'm droning on, but uh, this means a lot. So thank you to everyone everywhere for all of this, and have a good night.